0: Worship team, we very much appreciate it. Daibers plus Matt. <laughs> it's like the Sesame Street thing where they had like the one of these kids is not like the others, you know. <laughs> well, good morning. I'm so glad. Thank you, first of all, for showing up today. It was definitely on my mind of like, what if people forget, you know? And it's you kind know, of like, we'll have our, our first service, which can be really big, especially if it's like a, if the Seahawks are playing at like 10, <laughs> or other days when it's like everyone decides to sleep in. So thank you for showing up. Very, very, very much appreciate that. And as Tracy said, uh, Pastor Jeff is with family. So this is his, I, I think it was probably one of his agreements. Since I'm coming to this church, I'm gone the the, <laughs> the fourth Sunday of the month, so or November, so I can spend some time with family and do... Uh, Looking for bambies. so uh, <laughs> adult bambies, Okay, it, it it doesn't doesn't sound so bad now, right? <laughs> okay, move. On, move. <laughs> uh, so this is our our, um, our last Sunday. We've been dealing with uh, gathering around the table series, and uh, which is kind of fitting because what a great Sunday to do it because it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And uh, I, I really appreciate this series because I, too, like Jeff, I appreciate getting together with people and uh, just sharing a meal. And you think about it, there's some there's not that many things we, you can do with someone, like from a very small person to a person that many years at the same time because of just different interests and abilities and that kind of things. But we can all get around a table and enjoy a meal together and enjoy a conversation together. And... Uh, like a family, you know, you get, you get the, the grandkids to the grandpas, you know. And uh, as Christians, we have this in common. We have something in common in Christ. That's what puts us together. And uh, so I always appreciate that. Well, open you guys, open your Bibles with John chapter 1, John chapter 2, verse 1. And you can just park yourself there. We're going to st- spend the most time there. And it says, Jesus. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place in at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Hmm. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> this is my mom and dad, by the way. I'm really Aww. glad they came. They surprised me. <laughs> the first Sunday where we have one service at and they come to this one, so thank you guys for showing up. So I hope I do you guys proud. So, <laughs> so anyways, so we're in, uh, by the way, mom and dad, we're in uh, we're John chapter 2, okay? Okay, you might have heard this story before. (laughs) And uh, so Mary, Jesus, and disciples are all invited to a wedding. And it's a good chance they probably know uh, quite well who the the couple are. Just by the way, Mary responds to a certain situation coming up. And you know, weddings are since the beginning of time. Um, If you know, I didn't realize this as a kid. I thought, you know, someday I'll meet meet the right gal and get married and start a new life together. And apparently, I found this out from my wife that women think of marriage quite differently. Weddings are quite different. From the time they're a little girl, they're thinking about weddings. <laughs> there are times when I come home from work or something like that, and the girls are watching like four weddings where these girls compare weddings from one to the other and how, how great it was and how good the food was and all this kind of stuff. And, and I don't ever admit to watching it, but it might be on while I'm in the room. And they critique everything about this, or they'll have the this, this show that is say yes to the dress. <laughs> Once again, I don't watch the show, but it may be on while I'm in the room. And uh, <laughs> I had no idea when I was getting married. This is this is how it is. And, and see, for guys, are like, this is find the right gal to marry. They're like, okay, they get the whole wedding plan. Now I just got to find the right guy, you know. So you know, <laughs> so if those guys are trying to find the right gal, they're trying to find the right guy to put in the wedding. So, which is true for me. Hey, you know, I look around our church here. We had Daryl, you know, who was up here and he played guitar, great guitarist. He met the right gal and he got married and he's back like in Wisconsin, I think, right? Illinois, Illinois okay. Close, Close, but not the same. <laughs> Dr. Bill met the right gal. Remember Dr. Bill? Yeah. Met the right gal and now he lives in Gig Harbor. Yeah. If you guys find the right person, please just stay here, okay? <laughs> this is a great church to get set up in, Okay. Even my neighbor's name is Jewel, it's a guy, and uh, I think maybe, I'm not sure how I got the name Jewel, but it's like maybe Russian or something, and uh, he got married yesterday, and I saw him before I was going out to do some studying, and I said, hey Jewel, this is the day, honey, he's like, yeah, and I said, congratulations, are you excited, he's like, yeah, and he goes, yeah, and he had a little bit of a frazzled look, he goes, I just realized I've got two cars in my house, and I have to get both back to wherever they're getting married, and uh, so I, I wish I could help you, man, <laughs> but... But you know, I have to say, look at history. I think of all people, Adam had the best. Adam and Eve. God looks at Adam and says, Wow, well, Adam, you're you're lonely. And he makes he gives him Eve from his own 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 bone. And uh, you know, the guy got it made, you know? He didn't have to worry about looking around for the right gal. He didn't have to do the whole dating scene. Is this girl right for me? He just He doesn't have to ask the question. Is this the one? It's the only one, right there, you know. (laughs) He didn't even need a ring, you know. And you know he could use the pickup lines, you know. How you doing? You know, and he just. (laughs) He could use the line, "I feel like you were made for me." (laughs) And Eve, not knowing any other man, would not know that's creepy, and uh, (laughs) and say, "Yes, I am here for you." But for the rest of us, we have a little harder. But I'm glad I found the right one for me. And, uh, and a lot of you know, weddings can be a lot of fun, though. And, you know, a lot of stress, excitement, but a lot of fun. And this is uh, my, my philosophy when it comes to people is people are people. It doesn't matter if it was the first century or Adam and Eve. We all have basic needs and desires. We Like Adam, he felt loneliness. We feel loneliness sometimes. We have that desire to be connected to somebody else. And even like my neighbor who got married yesterday to the couple that got married in chapter 2, it was a big deal. Now, things that can be different are cultural. Some things culturally can be quite different. And i will talk about that in a second here. In verse verse 3, it says, When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. He says they have no more wine. And so... Um, a second here. Not a small problem. See, the thing is, running out of the wine. These weddings, by the way, could go up to a week. And this was the third day of a of a of a wedding and, and a wedding feast. I I told I, my notes. I actually put in there, one day was enough for me when I got married. And Amy says, "Wow, you're you make it look bad." I said, "No, the one day was great, but you know, I was great for other things." You know. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't know about you. I was talking to a coworker and talking about the wedding and like how we hardly got any food to eat because we were so busy talking. Because it's like your family and her, her family and your friends are all there. And you're saying hi to everybody. It's like a huge, great celebration. You don't get a chance to eat much food. And then I was talking to one of my coworkers. She's like, Yeah, I didn't get, to get a chance to eat much of my food either. You know, And it's like, Because it's just just one of those things. But this was going on. On the third day, they already ran out of wine. And what's going on here is not just an embarrassment. This is something that could be something that would set the tone of the marriage for for this new couple. Because it meant that this husband could not provide for his wife. Because it was the husband's family to provide the wine and an appropriate amount of wine. It is so important that they could even take legal action against the family for not having enough wine at the wedding. Yeah, so so when Mary says we have normal wine and Jesus response is uh, verse 4 he says here dear woman why why do you involve me Jesus replied my time has not yet come. And when tra- uh, when uh, looking at it closer Jesus actually says this is this is really the tone is this is really applied to you and me both because it's not not our deal and he's saying this is not my time my ministry time has not begun. And Mary's response is awesome. Verse 5. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Mary doesn't know what Jesus got stored, and I don't think at the time Jesus knew exactly. I kind of feel like that there was this unique relationship with Jesus and Mary because he first responds and says, Dear woman, which usually would have said mother. So he was responding to her not just as his mother, but really a woman who's in need. And it was an affectionate way of saying, dear woman. My time has not come. But it was almost like God, and this is my personal feeling, that God used Mary as as the sign to say, this is the beginning of your ministry. And Mary's response is simply, do whatever he tells you. That's faith. Because what's what's Jesus going to do now? It doesn't know, but now he has sincerely put it on Jesus' shoulders. Do whatever he tells you. In verse... In verse 6, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Now these six stone water jars were used for daily cleansing. Uh, They would be poured over the hands as a ceremonial cleansing because, you know, throughout the day we sin. Our attitude isn't right. We say something that isn't true. You can just go the gamut of what that could mean. So from time to time, they'd actually go to the ceremonial pot, and the water would be poured on the hands, as a reminder of being needing to be cleansed. And so there were six of these big pots. And so there, there must have been a lot of people at this wedding. That's what they figure, and uh, a lot of people. Six days, you can imagine, some things could happen. You know, you get family and friends together, and sometimes maybe they may not respond as appropriate as they should be. And so, <laughs> you know. And I don't know, maybe there was a squabble, the next thing you, knew, you see them at the pot watering their hands, you know, to uh, another sign of being cleansed. But Jesus sees these six stone water, uh, water jars, and he says to them, he says, um, so nearby stood, stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons, Verse 7, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Now the servants, you know, first you really got to give it to these guys. He says, you know, first of all, Mary says, hey, do whatever he tells you. Now they didn't really know who, they knew who Jesus was, but they didn't know who Jesus was. After a while, no right of who Jesus was. This guy does miracles. This guy teaches as no one else teaches. But this time, they didn't know that. And here's this nice lady saying, do whatever my son says. Okay. And, and, then, and then he says, fill up six stone water jars. And the whole point is, we have no wine. Why are we filling up this water? And then here's the, here's the clincher. Draw some up and give it to the master of the banquet. And the master of the banquet is the one who is overseeing the wedding. And I just, I just came to the servants, there was a lot of trust, a lot of faith going on. This lady said this, and we're, so we're going to do it, and we have no idea what's going to happen next. The, they, the guy at the bank could have tasted this and go, okay, this is water, what, what are you doing? You don't know if there could have been some kind of disciplinary action given toward these servants. But they obeyed. They took out a step in faith. And in verse, uh, verse 8 it says, they did so. and verse 9 the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine he did not realize where it had come from and though the servants who had drawn the water knew and then uh, then they then he called the bridegroom aside and said to everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guards after the guests have had too much to drink but you have saved the best till now The groom, and I don't even know if the groom knew this dire situation. If he had a hint of, hey, we're running out of wine. He could have been really, he could have been really nervous at the time. So he went from a time of, of a, a desperate situation to an exalted status. No one does this. No one saves the good to last. But you did. Uh, one translation of Wiest says, As for you, you have safely guarded the good wine until now. And in verse 11, it says here, thus, thus the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He, he thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. Through this dire situation, people got to see Jesus in a new way. And it wasn't everybody. You know, the, the, the bride and groom may not have known what was going on. The the banquet sure did not know what was going on. He just said, this is really good wine. And you know, at the time, they had two things to drink. They had wine and water. They knew good wine, and they knew this was really good wine. But the servants did, and the disciples did. And they put their faith in him. When you see God moving your life, you can put your faith in him. You can put stock in it, because he will be reliable to you. You will see him being faithfully in your, in your life. So what can we get out of this passage come to Jesus with your needs. Mary came to Jesus. And sometimes some Catholics have actually used this passage as as Mary has come to Jesus saying, I have a need, that they said, oh yeah, so let's go to Mary who will come to the need. But I take that as more of Mary's an example of how we should be. Like Mary, we should come to Jesus with our needs and see what he does. Trust that God knows what's best for you. He's got a better plan for you. And there's times he will surprise you in ways you never thought. These people were so surprised. Who would have thought? You know, maybe they thought, well, maybe they'll find some some wine in a cellar or something like that. And just, you know, maybe they'll they'll bring it out. Or maybe they'll maybe add some water to it. And they'll dilute it a little bit so we can make it go further. I've heard about families doing that with milk to kind of make the milk go further. Like, (laughs) not a good thing. Second of all, obey. Mary says to the servants, do do whatever he tells you to. God will sometimes ask you to do daring things. Not immoral or bad, but may stretch you. He may ask you distance hard. There was a time when I was in my early 20s and I was on Woodby Island. And I was a kind of impromptu youth pastor at this church and I was told about it. I had the summer... Uh, to work with some youth, and the church, and I have mentioned this before, the church had no youth group, and they said they really want to start a youth group, and I, and I was asked if I'd come for the summer, and I thought, well, there's no youth now, and if I fail, there's still no youth. I, didn't, I just basically broke even, you know, so that was my, that was my logic, and I, I went there, and I got to meet a really great pastor named Tony, Pastor Tony, and uh, he showed me a lot about ministry, a lot of different things, and one thing he did was he would visit hospitals, and he would actually visit people who were ill, and I got to go there, and, um, and there different people we, got, we got to visit, and there were these little orange Gideon Bibles, and so I grabbed some of them just to give to people if they were there, and, and we met different people, and there was a guy named Mr. Mayo, and for some reason, you know, Pastor Tony's talking to him, but for some reason, I just felt prompted to give him this Gideon Bible. Well, Mr. Mayo was not a Christian, but he still accepted it, it's something with him being in the hospital, being sick, and he, was, he had cancer. And we left and visited other people, and later on, Pastor Tony um, gets a phone call, and she says, this, this lady says, my husband was visited by a couple guys, and they gave me a Bible, and I'm reading it, and I want to understand it better. Pastor Tony actually at the time pastored two churches. He pastored a church in Oak Harbor, and this lady was a member of his church in Oak Harbor. And we just happened to be in Coopville where the hospital was. So ironically, there's this woman who says, my, my husband has two guys visiting. It was actually us who had visited him. <laughs> so, And uh, so we got to, got to go to Master, Mr. Mayo's house. And Mr. Mayo says, you know, I, I've got cancer, and there's a good chance I'm going to die. I, I've not followed God, and I don't want to just follow God now that I've got cancer. And Pastor Tony said, God respects what you're saying, but God still accepts you, and God still wants you. And that day, Mr. Mayo gave his life to Jesus, and he said, if I get better, I'm going to come to church. And uh, he eventually died, but he made the church one time, but sometimes you think of cancer, it's an awful thing, but for him, that's what brought him to Jesus. The small prompting of me handing him the Gideon's Bible, he said to his daughter, I got a Gideon's Bible, I'm I'm reading it, but I, I don't I need help to understand it. Change this life forever. Sometimes God will ask you to a small prompting and maybe to pray for someone, maybe to call someone, and maybe something to do. Maybe you see someone on the side of the road you want to help. Also, Jesus cares for what you're dealing with. If it matters to you, it matters to him. He might have a different perspective on things than you do, but he cares what you're dealing with. Jesus was compassionate towards this couple. He was compassionate towards his mom, who said, we have no more wine. Be prepared, be aware of, that God might answer your request in a way you don't expect. Five. You will see Jesus in a new way. It says he thus revealed his glory. Glory was something that usually re, re, was, rever, uh, was reserved for God. they turned glory. Moses actually says to God, after many conversations, he says to him, show me your glory. Third day had a song called Show Me Your Glory. and It was a huge hit. And I think even if you're under rock, you would have heard that song. It's referring to this time with Moses. He's having a, a connection with God. He says, show me your glory. Here, people got to see God's glory. They got to see that Jesus, they already knew he was fully man. Now they're starting to know that he's fully God because he did something that no man could do. Put your faith in him. You know, I meet with Pastor Jeff from time to time and and I've been working a lot of extra hours and I connect with him, but... Usually we'll have breakfast together. And uh, one thing I really like about Jeff, he is he's very timely. He does that out of respect for the person he's meeting. So if you've ever met with Jeff, have you ever, and I'm not trying to put him on the spot here, has he ever been late? Has he ever canceled? I, I doubt hardly, if he's ever done, it's probably been never, you know, or maybe one at a time. And there's so many times I'll meet with Jeff because I'll meet with him before I go to work, and I'll even try to tell him, I'll try to give myself a ten-minute cushion, to get there ten minutes earlier, to see if I can beat him at the restaurant where we're going to. <laughs> and he's still there, you know. He's. What does that show me? That I can trust that Jeff will be there. I was talking about this with my wife, and she said, "You know, it really matters to me that when I pick up the kids, that I'm there, because uh, sometimes with her dad, her dad was busy working that kind of stuff, and sometimes we'd be delayed. And her her dad's an amazing man. But that was one thing for, for her as a daughter was. I want my kid, you know, for her as a mom, is I want my kids to know I'm going to be there when they get out of school, that I'm there waiting for them. Our kids can trust that, that her, their mom will be there for him, for them. And that kind of thing comes with time. When you see God working your life, you see how trustworthy he is, you will trust him in the next hurdle in life. Because one thing about life is, okay, God, we've been through this together, but now there's a whole other angle, a whole other obstacle we have to go through, and you have to trust Him again, and it's a new level of trust. But God, trust that God will see you through. And what about the wine? Is it significant? Last week, uh, Pastor Jeff talked about communion. We do try communion here at church about once a month. And of course, there are... Our juice, the fruit of the vine, is, is representative of, of Christ's blood. And we go back to when, at the Last Supper, when Jesus says, this is blood, this, this wine is my blood that's shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At the end of his life, in the beginning of his ministry, he changes water to wine. Save the best for last. You know, in the history of time, God sent many messengers calling people back to God. Calling people. And some had great stories. We, I, we talked about Jonah not that long ago, and he was calling even Gentiles back to God. But here, God has sent the best for last because this messenger wasn't just the messenger, he was the one that was going to redeem all of mankind from their sins. It says here that on the wedding, on the third day, third day is kind of significant because it was on the third day that Christ rose from the dead. It also says that there were six stone water jars. Six is a lot of times known as the the number of man, where seven is the number of perfection or completion, like God made the world in seven days. Those water jars that were meant for cleansing because we needed continual cleansing, what God use with that wine is also a representation of the blood that Christ died for us. Now we can connect with God. This was all planned out by God, so we kind of go, wow, there's all these coincidences. Wow, what a coincidence. No, God had this planned out. God even knew this couple, they were going to run out of wine. And God knew this was something he was going to use to that Christ would show his glory. May, you, uh, may God help you bring out your best. As Christ was able to bring out his best by changing that water to wine, there's times where God's called us to, some, to something greater, something more than mediocre. It may be something where God is calling us to be a better husband, a better wife, a better son, a better daughter, a better friend, a better worker, a better neighbor. And sometimes we don't have the motivation. Sometimes we've got, we're so overwhelmed with our own life and our own circumstances, our own health, our own finances. And just like Mary came to Jesus, I have a need. God, we have a need. And you can cry to God. You know, with Thanksgiving coming around, I, I love Thanksgiving. I think I love the whole, the whole thing. I think as I get older, the more and more I appreciate Thanksgiving. I, I think for what it, what it stands for. But I know for some people, getting together with family is is a hard thing. They desire connection with their family, but at the same time, there are struggles. There have been uh, broken relationships. There has been years of hurt. There have been times where some people are just plain lonely. There have been patients where people are just impatient with those who don't agree with you. And I've heard about families who... Get together and then politics come up, and there's this huge argument. And I think I've heard just don't talk about politics, don't talk about politics. So there's this huge, huge division when, it, when you really are wanting a time with family to, to connect. You can come to God. You can ask for help. I, re- I, I pray for my daughters before I take them to school. And uh, because I know each of my daughters have different needs. I have one daughter who has a tendency to speak before she thinks. <laughs> she also has some great sayings, by the way. <laughs> but but she's the one I talk about, be slow to speak. There's another daughter I talk about having courage. I have another daughter I said, don't worry, because she's so intense. She's my first grader. She... It's so intense. If she feels like she's doing wrong, she's, it just breaks down sometimes. Like, And she's doing great. But for her, it's like, relax. And James, she was one of my favorite books in the Bible, not just because of the title. but. Uh, <laughs> and this is something I really think, when I think about being with people, and it may be just a work situation, or a family, or whatever, but it says, James 1.19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And even just the sound of that, everyone should be quick to listen, because a lot of times we're so focused on, okay, finish your sentence so I can say my thing. But quick to listen means, just listen to what they have to say to you. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but just listen. Give them respect to listen to what they have to say to you. Slow to speak. Like my one daughter, slow to speak. (laughs) Think what you're going to say before it comes to your mouth. Let that filter that God's given you Protect those words so that the words you give are building and encouraging, not dividing. And slow to become angry. Doesn't mean that anger is wrong, but a lot of times, to be honest, when we get angry, it's, we get, it's in our sin that we're angry. So be slow to angry. Watch, you know. If it means you need to step away for a moment, cool down, Pray. Pray. Will God help you? Yes, He will help you." Also, also in Colossians 3:13, it says, "Forgive as the Lord forgave you. It is hard to forgive people. And I've heard some awful stories about families and friends and things that people have gone to. have gone through. It's hard to forgive. You know, there's, um, I've mentioned this before, and we're doing our alpha course. And there was a great story, and I'm going to bring it up again because it's something that is so powerful. uh, Corey ten Boom was a woman who was in a concentration camp in Germany during the Second World War. And those who've done Alpha know the story. But a great woman of God. Uh, her, Her family was actually put in the concentration camp because they were hiding Jews because they didn't want them to be captured by the Nazis. But sadly, they got caught and they were put in the concentration camp. And Corrie Ten Boom's sister actually died in the concentration camp. But she talked about how our we need to forgive others because God has forgiven us. And she was giving her messages, and after after one of her speeches, one of the Nazi officials was actually at that meeting. He came up, and she, he said, Four Line, thank you for your word. Isn't God good? Something to that effect. He had his hand out to shake her hand, and she she couldn't do it. She said, God, I am telling people to forgive others, and I can't forgive this man. And she prayed, and still nothing happened. And she said, Jesus, help me. And she said, the Holy Spirit somehow grabbed her arm and brought it up, and she found a love to love this man that she could not do her own. And she was able to love that man. You cannot do it on your own strength. And some people are easy to love. Like me. I, 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 no, I know. You know, everybody's different. And, and there might be a person out there or two that finds me hard to love. I don't know why. But, but not everybody's easy to love. Some people just find the right thing to say. They just get under your skin and go, oh, you know. <laughs> Ask God for strength to love that person. Maybe he might give you the right words to respond. If nothing else, just to show love. I wanted to end on a Thanksgiving verse because this is Thanksgiving wedding. I'm sending you guys off on Thanksgiving week and I want to send it off right. and Sticking in Colossians uh, chapter 3, it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I love this story, Lord God. I love, Lord, that there was immediate need at a wedding, Lord God, and you responded. You came and you met the need in a way that no one had ever imagined. And that family wasn't just, the problem wasn't just solved, but they were blessed. And they probably got the notoriety of being, wow, remember that guy's wedding? He had the best wedding. The best wine at the end. You bless that that family for years to come. Lord God, that's who you are. You are one who blesses and continues to bless. And you call us to be like you, be imitators, to bless others. And Lord God, just like Corey Timboom, we cannot do it on our own, Lord. In big and small ways, Lord God, we need you to, to show us how to love others, to be sacrificial. Lord, I ask, Lord God, as us as, as individuals, as a church, Lord God, help us be quick to listen, to be slow to speak, and to slow to become angry, angry. Help us to forgive, because you forgave us. And like those bottles, Lord God, the, the cleansing that was needed, the wash of our hands, Lord God, we don't need those anymore, Lord God, but we do need connection with you. We do need time with you, Lord, Help us find time in our lives, Lord God, to connect with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this church. Blessing this week, Lord God. I pray, Lord, as, uh, as we go into the next holiday season, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord God, we'd have a season of Thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord God, for being thankful, Lord God, for the many, many, many blessings that you've given us. Bless this church today. In your awesome and glorious name, amen. Real quick. Alpha, our last Alpha, is Tuesday, 6.30. So if you guys are being a part of that, come for the last one. And next Sunday is being of Advent. So have a great Thanksgiving.